<laughs> Lord Chips, don't let the salad win. That's the message uh, in terms of uh, nature of the food, maybe, that uh, we consume in Wales compared to the Italians. But it's the Italians who will restart. This is the Eat More Chips podcast. Grab your bag of chips, salt, vinegar, perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie, a bit of sauce cork on the side, and let's go. Hello and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast from one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh football supporters universe. As always, my two counterparts are on standby with a comment or two. Daz's favourite film is The Blues Brothers, which is why he's having his sideburns plucked for children in need this week. And my little brother, when we were kids, his favourite film was Blazing Saddles. I kid you not. He would watch it over and over again on repeat, which is why he's always shaped himself on Mongo. He also used to call his private parts a pigeon, which for me always gave a new meaning to being a pigeon fancier. It's Jamie and Daz. (laughs) <laughs> that's a lot of detail that i didn't need to know no listen you've 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 only gone down that route haven't you because i was taking the mick out of you for kinky runs last week that's <laughs> that's, that's why you pulled that out jamie the big the big question this week from the game on saturday was it paul mullin in the rex the dragon suit <laughs> uh if it wasn't he's been watching the videos of him because uh, it was a it was a stand up uh, impression at the end with the old fist bumps to the tech end. There were a lot of cameras around him as well at the end, weren't there? Were you just thinking? I mean, what a what a perfect way to eventually get in the documentary to be. You know, I, I can't play for real, but I'm suspended. But what the hey, I'll make it on the pitch anyway. I'd be very surprised if it was actually Paul Mullin, but it would be kind of cool if it was. Now, Daz, according to Andros Townsend this week, the way to prolong a football career is to eat chicken feet. On a regular basis. Now, the problem I have is I eat too much of the rest of the chicken to stay active, which means I don't go get to move anywhere. But do you think there's anything in eating chicken feet? I can't believe that, to be honest, because it, it it's one person's view on this. Is where's the medic? Where's the science? I, I like to follow follow the science. You know me. Uh, besides, I don't like chicken, so let's <laughs> let's not worry about it. There was some guy. They, even Radio Five brought some specialist on who talked about collagen and all sorts. But I was like, I, yeah, yeah. I just I just kind of think like you know, it's what, what's he trying to do? Is he trying to sort of sensationalize it so that he becomes uh, of interest again? Because I you know I I don't know I've forgotten about him to be to be honest. Has he has he never heard of KFC? Well, that's probably where you got the taste Can't for find it from. The chicken. Just, just, I mean, who's eating chicken feet? Full stop. Never mind. Well, the well, pre- professional footballer. Well, people who buy stuff at KFC clearly eat chicken feet. So. There must be a lot of chickens hey. who are walking around on their bums right now because they've got no feet left. Hey, look. Hey, feet, wings, beak. <laughs> I don't care. Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid to cry now, even when the world comes crashing in. Well, season two ended with a bang for Welcome to Wrexham as the final episode was released, and what a great episode it was too. For the final time, spoiler alert if you don't want us to give the game away. Episode 15 is entitled Up the Town and covers the game versus Borehamwood, where Wrexham FC finally get back to the EFL and some of the stories around the people in the documentary. Jamie, the perfect ending to the perfect story as a Wrexham lad. Have you managed to see it yet? No. 
<laughs> Brilliant. I was I, I was I was waiting to spoil your spoiler alert. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Daz hasn't seen it either. No, I've been in work. How can <laughs> yeah. I possibly have yeah. seen it? So, okay, so it's it's just down to me then because I managed to watch it. Unlike you, you bum, we don't work from home, so <laughs> I've not been able to watch it in the office. So I I, I desperately wanted because we're recording this a day earlier than we normally do anyway. I desperately wanted to try and watch it before we recorded, but I just haven't had the chance. So uh, yeah, we'll have to. All the spoilers. What you've, yeah, but what you've done, Simon, is you've outed yourself as somebody who doesn't work much when he's at yeah, home. Obviously. And so I hope, yeah. your bo- I hope your boss yeah. is not listening. No, no, that's, no. that's the thing. I doubt that very much. They, they wouldn't listen to this because this is nonsense. Um, so not to give too much away for the pair of you then, um, it's a, it's 37 minutes of, uh, for me, uh, tears, um, heightened emotion, uh, an incredibly proud sense of the town I was born in, uh, it could have had some more coverage of the celebrations at the end, I have to be honest. But the editing, the music, the feel of it, the pace of it, the stories, it was all brilliantly done. And I think an absolutely superb way to end this series. And the good news is, Daz, that... The news this week is that a third season of the documentary has been commissioned. So we will see this season that we're currently in on film. Are you surprised that you know that 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 they've they, they've managed to get a third season of this? No, I, I'm not. I'm I'm not surprised. I think uh, I was interested to see whether or not they would uh, officially announce it until uh the end of the season until we knew what the outcome was because obviously if you do get promoted this year then that's another great story and i'm sure there's um mileage in that for uh your third season you know series if you don't is it just a bit more like series one where it's the the nearly series series you know where you nearly make it so i don't know it, it feels a bit odd but i'm not surprised they're onto a winner here and you're still this they're still sharing some really good interesting stories that have not been shared to the wider fan base because you guys are already said you know that there's been um a handful of of moments where you didn't know about it even though you're you know you've been at the games and you've seen the games you've seen the results that there's some really good club stories community stories and uh, i'm sure there's more to go i think there's plenty of you know fantastic stories in the Wrexham community uh, that are waiting to get aired in a really compelling and and compassionate way hopefully and jamie you know some photos of the of the that celebration day have made it online of 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 us i mean you, you i'd have a box of tissue standing by mate because i would defy anybody from uh, who are as strong Wrexham supporters as we are not to get emotional when they watch it i have to be honest yeah i've i've read i've read, read a lot of comments today of people who have watched it and and, and that seems to be um that seems to be the, the 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 kind of theme is everyone saying it's 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 emotional. Although you have completely spoiled the ending for me by saying in your little intro there that that uh, you know getting back to the AFL. So thanks for that. <laughs> Wrexham welcomed Gillingham to the Stoke Kairas with what promised to be a tough encounter with the team from Kent. Both Paul Mullin and James McLean suspended for this game, Phil Parkinson made a couple of changes from the game away at Mansfield. A conquering goal, the welcome return of Aaron Hayden at the back with Ben Tozer and Tom O'Connor, Jacob Mendy on the left wing, Anthony Ford on the right wing. George Evans moved back into central midfield with James Jones and Elliot Lee and Sam Dolby partnering Ollie Palmer up front. 
With no talisman striker up front, some were concerned we'd lack firepower. But the doubting voices were silenced after only 54 seconds, one of the fastest goals in Wrexham history. Gillingham gave Wrexham way too much space, perhaps not quite switched on from the start, enabling some silky passing interplay through the midfield, Toza to Lee to Mendy on the wing. He took a second to eye up the perfect cross right into the heart of the box after a mad scramble by the Jills defence, up popped Dolly Palmer to hit the back of the net with his fifth goal of the season. Wrexham won, Gillingham nil. This put Gillingham playing catch-up for the rest of the game, and although there was some high ball retention and some battling from Cymru's very own Johnny Esther, Johnny Williams, they showed very little bite in the final third, partly from a lack of attacking options, but mostly from the incredible display of defensive prowess from our three centre-backs and the amazing support from George Evans and Elliot Lee, with both playing some classy football against a good opposition. Gillingham did have some chances, but they were few and speculative, Ogie having a great chance heading the ball just wide of the post. At the other end, Ollie Palmer had the ball played to him on the edge of the area, but blasted the shot wide. There was a call for handball just before the break, when a shot from Malone looked to hit Hayden on the hand in the Wrexham penalty area, but the ref, who had a good game, didn't give the penalty. Wrexham went into the break in the lead. The second half was very similar to the first, with Gillingham trying to make chances, but not really threatening. Wrexham continued to press, Mendy crossing the ball for Palmer to head, almost making the top corner, but for a fantastic save from Turner. Wrexham finally secured the win in the 71st minute, with great hold-up play from Mendy and Evans, who eventually slotted a pass through to Mendy to run onto. He whipped across into the near post for Toza to meet and turn in for his first goal of the season. Wrexham 2, Gillingham 0. Although Gillingham tried to get back into the game, Wrexham looked assured and never in danger. Tunnicliffe made a welcome return on 85 minutes, coming on for Hayden, and Jordan Davis came on for Lee on 88 minutes. Wrexham snuffed out any threat and looked very good for the 2-1 win. Wrexham finished the day now second in the league, five points behind Stockport in first, and six points safely in the playoff zone. 11 games unbeaten and looking like a real threat for the title. Jamie, that was almost boring. And I haven't seen us that assured in a game for a long time. What did you make of this game? Uh, boring. No, that's not a word I would have. Uh, I would have gone to. Uh, almost boring. I said to be fair, almost. Uh, okay, almost boring. Um, yeah, it was very low key, wasn't it? Um, in, in comparison to what we're used to, and I think it was in in many ways it was nice to watch a game. Uh, where there was a little bit less um, uh, heart attack um, inducing <laughs> activities. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, you, you, again, you, you, your little summary there. You, you've covered like a lot of the key points. I mean, I think that the kind of call outs for me for, from the game, um, you, you know, I, I, I kind of summarised it. it. It was a very, um, it was a very professional, efficient. Um, you know, and um, uh, what's the word? Professional, efficient, um, and you know, just solid. You know, solid performance. I think uh, by by Wrexham. You know, it wasn't quite as didn't quite hit the heights of some of the football we've seen in in recent weeks. But there were still some periods during the game where we played well. I think the interesting thing for me was more on the Gillingham side of it because I think uh, after the game, um, it. It very much echoed what a lot of the Gillingham fans have said 
um, in, in recent weeks that I've sort of listened to on on spaces and podcasts or whatever is that they just can't create they can't create you know anything at the minute. Um, you know they had some 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 spells. You know off the ball, I thought they were very good off the ball. You know they 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 um, pressed you know very efficiently, um, but didn't really look threatening at any point during the game. I think the one standout player for them was was Johnny Williams. To be fair to him, um, you know might be at the twilight of his career, but he's still a quality player. It always amazes me because he's such a small, stocky guy, but he can absolutely take on anybody. He just, for me, was head and shoulders above many of the players on the Gillingham side. Oh, for sure. You know, he, he was their best player by a mile. Um, you know, st- still showed all the traits that we've we've seen for, for, for years, you know, in his Wales days. Um, you know, good on the ball, uh, still relatively quick, to be fair to him. And, and surprisingly, he's quite good in the air as well. Um and, but and, and to be you know nice nice touch by the Wrexham fans giving him a round of applause when he came off as a sub. Um, you know it's not very often that that happens, but that's you know nice nice sort of uh, um, sign of respect for, for for what he's contributed to the to the Wales team over the years. Um, but yeah, they 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 did, they didn't look threatening really at, at, at any point. Uh, and like I say, I think I think we played you know we played some good stuff. Um, for for periods of the game, but without ever having to really, uh, you know, g- g- go up the gears as it were, it was nice to see another quite you know another fast start to the game. That's something that's changed in recent weeks, and and we're seeing the benefits from it. You know, fifty what was it, fifty five, fifty six seconds or something, you, you know, into the game to see that ball in the back of the net was was incredible. Um, you know, lovely bit of build up play. Um, albeit the actual goal itself was a little bit scrappy, um, you know, a lovely bit of build at play, you know, to, to, to lead to the goal, uh, some good interplay, you know, involving you know Lee and Dolby and and Palmer and you know the the fear of, of Mullin not playing um, was was put to bed very very quickly. Um, I mean, talking about Mullin, you know, I, I was saying sat in the stand there, I. I think Mullen would have had a field day against them, to be fair, because I think they mm. were there. They were there for the taking from from yeah. from that. Is it? I got the car around the corner, but I was I was just thinking. Hello? Maybe I will. That's good. It's good that Daz has got the car around the corner because obviously start the yeah. car, Daz. Start the car. Yeah. Daz, mute yourself, you git. Sorry, guys. Uh... Welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, <laughs> the most professional podcast in the world. Supporting universe. <laughs> I, I, he, he was he was one short then of ordering his just eat order. <laughs> um, see, he could have been exposed then when he was ordering his salad. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, back in the room. Um. Yeah. You know. I think to be fair. Um. You know the fact that Mullin wasn't playing, we, we're always, you know, it was always going. We all, you were always going to miss a player of Mullin's uh, quality. But you know, to be fair, you know, Palmer and Dolby, we called it before the game. Um, they they did well. I mean, Palmer, Palmer again, you know, run himself into the ground. I thought, um, you know, the standout kind of players for me were uh, Mendy. I thought Mendy had a very good game. Again, he seems to be growing in stature, um, and <clears throat> I think obviously for this weekend. It's not it's not a problem for 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 Parky. So obviously Mendy's away with with the Gambia, um, but when McLean and Mendy are both back and hopefully both fit, that's going to give Parky a little bit of a headache. That I think because Mendy has been really you know he's been playing really well in recent weeks, 
Um, you know, he's, he, he's what we're starting to see from him now is what what we what we thought and what we hope we would see from him, which he, which he he is developing his game. You know, he, he he's he's playing in the league for you know for the first time. He came from lower leagues to you know uh, you know national league from a national league club to Wrexham, obviously in the national league. He progressed and he developed and he improved with us last season in particular. Um, and he, you know, the question for for him and and the likes of Dolby as well is, you know, can they then make that step and progress now to become good league football league players? Um, and and then certainly in the last few weeks, he he's, um, you know, he he he's 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 showing signs that that he's doing that, which is which is fantastic and a, and a great position for for obviously for for Wrexham to be in. Um, but yeah, I thought Mendy played really well. Elliot Lee again was his was his usual self. I mean, what an absolute diamond of a player! Um, you know, he's he's we we know all the good things about his game. You know, his his uh, his his dribbling, his dribbling, his carrying the ball, his passing, his shooting. But the thing for me, which which is is one of his biggest attributes, which is is understandably overlooked a lot of the time, is his work rate. I mean the. The, the guy covers every blade of grass on the pitch, week in, week out, up and down, up and down. Very much a team player, um, you know. Leaves everything on on the pitch, and and it was, it was, you know, it was lovely. It was, it was, it's, it was lovely that um, obviously he got substituted right at the end, and and the referee forced him off the the pitch at the opposite side to the to the dugout, so he had to literally walk around half of the pitch, but that meant walking in front of. The Mold Road stand all the way past the tech end and part of the the Wrexham Lager stand. Oh, he he got a proper serenade, didn't he, from the tech end? He absolutely, he he did, and 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 you know he knows how much the Wrexham fans think of him anyway. But little things like that must must do you know must do his confidence, uh, you know, and his and his and his ego, for want of a better term, the, the world of good. But yeah, Elliot Lee was 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 great again. Um, you know, a, a, a concurring goal. Um, Arthur, Arthur, a Arthur. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, yeah. Tim. Thanks yeah, very thanks. much to Fearless and Devotion guys for putting yeah. that in our heads like a yeah. proper drill in my skull. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't start doing the crazy frog ding ding in the middle, like we're all good. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, um, yeah, Conco again. Another, you know, he didn't have an awful lot to do, but again, he, he he's becoming a very commanding figure, you know, in, in that goal and a very reassuring one, um, which is which is crucial. Um, the 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 um, the defense again, Toza, um, really solid. I mean, since he since he's been brought back into the, the team, I mean, it's been well talked about, well publicized. And we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, you know, we 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 uh, we all try and be constructive and fair, and obviously we we will criticise or be critical of players when the performances aren't good from time to time. But likewise, we have to also be able to 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 to, to call out when the players have done well and are playing well and have turned performances around. And I think last couple of weeks, you know, Toes has been been phenomenal. I think you know partly helped by the the you know the, the players he's had around him and and behind him and with a concours as well but again he was another very assured performance um, albeit didn't have a lot of uh, threat up against him and his finish for his goal was was you know if if Mullen had put that in he'd have been proud of it as a striker it was a, I, I thought I thought it was a header at first in in the stadium it was only when I watched it back that I saw it was with his foot um, but a brilliant finish you know fast fast cross into the box and to 
to, to get his foot on it and direct it into the back of the goal like he did. Yeah, great, great finish. Nice to see him get a goal again because it's been, you know, it's been a little while. Um, and and the other two players really that I wanted to call out was was um, was one was um, O'Connor again back there in in on the left side of of the defence. Um, you know, I, I I think he's he's looked very very assured in that position um, this season. And, and funny enough, I was. I asked uh, Daniel, who sits next to us on Saturday. I just sort of, I, I said to him, I said, do, "Do you think, do you think O'Connor has played his best football for us in defence or in midfield?" And I, and it was a, it was just an interesting one to think about. What do you, I mean? What 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 do you think? Because he, he he came in as a midfielder. He's probably played more games as a midfielder. But what what do you think? I think he's I've 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 enjoyed his football more in his current position. I have to be honest. He does seem to he does seem to be a bit more relaxed in that in the defensive back line. In midfield, sometimes I can find him a little bit twitchy, and he can make some mistakes at crucial times. Not obviously not on purpose, but I don't and I don't know whether that you know stray passes or passing to the opposition. Whereas I I feel in that kind of left left centre back position, he seems more assured. I don't know whether it's because he knows he's supported by Tozer on his inside, and he's often got Mendy or McLean on his outside, and whether having those two, I don't know. But for me, I think him him as a defender, I, I think he's looked more assured for us. Yeah, I I agree. I, he, he's definitely grown into that position. I mean, when he when he was first sort of uh, thrust in, into play in there because we we, were, we didn't have any other choice. He, he, he got found out a few times a little bit, but he's massively grown into that position and, and, and as much as he has had some good games for us in midfield, I, I, I think he's played his best football for us on that left side of that you know, defence and you know, at the end of the day, if, he, if he's finding that that becomes his position, and it's not a bad thing if, you know, if he has a switch of, of, of position, you know, and plus the fact that he, he he has been or is a midfielder as well. You know, it's one one of the huge benefits playing in a in a back three is is that you know he, he's a ball playing centre back. No disrespect to Boyle, but if you look at Boyle when he plays, he's a he's a no nonsense defender. He just gets his head, his foot, his whatever in to block the ball, stop the ball, and then and and, and then hoof it. You know, hoof it without any real intricacy forward. Whereas O'Connor can do the defensive side of it. His, his 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 aerial game is improved, but he's then also got the the ability to be able to 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 pick the a better pass out, which is the benefit of having a you know a, a, a midfield thinking defender. The the difficulty I think you've got now is is that again this and talking about headaches for Parky as much as we've got injuries and things. I think he's got a real headache there as well because you know Tunnicliffe's back fit again now. For for me personally, all things considered. And all players being fit, Tunnicliffe would be my choice. Would be my preferred starter on the left side of that back three. So if he comes back in, then what do you do with O'Connor? Now that then leads me on to the last player I wanted to mention, which was George Evans. Um, you know, he, he was brilliant on Saturday, and, and for me, has been brilliant since he since he's come to the club. Uh, a, a little bit. Um, a little bit understated, I think. I mean, I've I've seen plenty of people um, praise him, but I don't think, I don't think necessarily he's been given the um, 
I don't think he's been given the, I don't say respect, that's not, that's not fair, but I don't think he's been given the credit that he really truly deserves for his performances since he's come to us because he, he is a phenomenal footballer. Um, you know, I, 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 I've watched him play, I watched him play the game quite a lot and, and he is he is very, very good. He's very mobile for a big chap, he's very mobile, can get across the pitch very well. The defensive side of what he does is brilliant. He's, you know, his passing ability is brilliant, um, you know, and and I think for me is is our absolute must uh, must pick for the the base of that diamond as the defensive midfielder, but then that's where O'Connor plays. So if if you bring in Tony Cliff back into the defence, what do you do with O'Connor? And and this is what what I mean by Parky having a headache because, you know, are George Evans and O'Connor too similar to play? as the two in midfield. And then if you were doing that anyway, that means James Jones coming out of the team and he's played very well recently. Um, you know, again, with, 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 with James Jones, I think um, a little bit understated. Um, you know, he, he is, he's a, he's a phenomenal workhorse and, and the coverage across the pitch that, that, that he's got is brilliant and he's, he's great at breaking up play. Um, I, I have some issues with his positioning sometimes, but I don't know whether that's him or whether that's he's deliberately told to play the way he does because he drifts. You know, as I talked about quite a bit, you know, he drifts out wide and leaves massive gaps in the centre, which I have a real bugbear with. But but overall, his contribution is, is brilliant. So I think as much as we've got injuries at the minute, I think Parky's got some some selection uh, dilemmas. But um, yeah, you know, good good problems to have, and uh, yeah, like I say, George Evans, man of the match, and, and rightly so. It was nice to see, it was nice to see the match day sponsors giving man of the match deservingly to who was man of the match, and not just to the star players because they want a photograph with them at the end of the game. Well, well, Rex and Jamie now are moving up through the gears. It feels, I mean, we, you know, we're taking on a lot of the teams in the top, and and we're we're beating them, and as, and as we said, eleven games unbeaten now. Do you think promotion? Is now a realistic possibility? Yeah, well, you'd have to say yes, wouldn't you? At this stage, I mean, I, I'm not going to be, um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be daft enough to say it's it's nailed on or anything like that because there's still so much of the season to go. Um, but I think we we are certainly in a very very good place, and and given given the position we're finding ourselves in now, or with the position we find ourselves in at this moment in time. I think you would be. It's quite a bold thing to say, but I think I think you would probably you would probably be disappointed if we don't make the top three. But at the very very least, I I would expect the playoff place. Um, and that's and that's only that's only me saying that now based on where we're at at this point of the season. You know, before the start of the season, if you'd have said to me, you know, you're going to finish mid table. Then, as as much as I I would have been a little bit disappointed, I'd have taken that all day long because after fifteen years out of the league, to get back into the football league and to have a you know a steady, uh, uh, you know season to acclimatise back to, to to the league and everything that comes with it, I'd have taken that. But we've we've you know on paper we are we are better than a League Two team, and we are slowly now starting to show that. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a slow start, but I think that was a hangover from the preseason. Um, but you know, and we're not going to win every game. We're not going to play amazing every game, uh, and we're going to have some battles. But um, we're in a very, very healthy 
healthy spot at the minute, that's for sure. And and I and I at this like I say at this juncture you'd you'd have to say it would be a little bit disappointing if if, if we weren't uh contending. We talked about it earlier about the fact is obviously you know with certain players being suspended, large injury list at the moment, p- potentials for international call ups, particularly if and many in the Congo do end up going to the African Cup of Nations. Come the January transfer window, do you think Wrexham are gonna do any serious business or you know, or or are we going to stick with what we've got? And if so, what kind of positions currently do you think we should be looking at? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, the the whole January transfer window, because it's you know it's not it's not that far away, is it? You know, be here before before we know it. Um, I, I mean, ultimately, you know, we've got to remember that if Wrexham want to do any dealings, then there's going to have to be some some um, some. Not necessarily exits, but there's going to have to be some some players, you know, deregistered from the squad because we're at capacity, um, you know. So, it, I, do you know what? It's going to be fascinating as 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 all transfer windows now, where Rexham are concerned, or or, um, or any transfer involving Rexham over the last couple of years has, has been fascinating. I think this is going to be fascinating as well. I I can't believe that they're not looking at players. I still strongly believe that they will go and finish that Luke Armstrong deal. Um, I, I honestly believe that that's my my gut feeling is I honestly think that's a done deal. I think they've they've there's a gentleman's agreement in place that we'll come back in January, and that that deal will be completed. There was there was too much, there was too much effort and there was too much money put into that deal for it not to happen. The problem the problem is he's really gone off the boil since that disappointment. He's not scoring any goals, he's you know, he's not appearing in the side very often. He's you know, we 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 don't just want to buy somebody because we said we would buy them when the deal fell through. You know, we need to buy players who are going to be useful to the squad, surely. I agree 100%, but I I I again because I because... I think I think possibly I mean I don't I don't know because I haven't followed Harrogate but I, from what I've seen he's been on the bench a lot and I just think um, I think a, a drop off in form the fact he's being used from the bench etc cetera, etc cetera, I think these are all reasons I think these are the, this is all because the deal is going to be is still going to happen um, you know is he is he is he the right signing I I, I don't know uh, I wasn't convinced when when we tried to sign him in the summer uh, or, or on transfer deadline day. And I, I wasn't convinced. Um, but, you know, as, as the saying goes, in Parky we trust, you know, there must be a reason why they tried so hard to sign him. And if they then go back and get him in January, there must be a reason. They must believe there's something that they that, that's going to work for, for us. Um but you know, who knows? I could be completely wrong, and and, and you know, we, we'll never hear his name again. Um, you know, outside outside of that, it, it's 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 a fascin it's fascinating because I look around the squad and I think, you know, what what, what else do you need? You know, what what else are you gonna what you know what else do you need? I think, um, you know, sadly, the likes of. Uh, you know, Luke Young. I'm not sure. You know that it's quite telling the fact that he he's struggling to even get on the bench. I think so. You know that that tells me that I think his his time at Wrexham may unfortunately be be coming to to, to an end. 
Um, you know, but unfortunately, it's as sad as it is. You know, there's no sentiment in, in, in football. Um, but, but, but again, you know, what do do we need a central midfielder? Do we need a midfielder? Again, it's going to depend on injuries and and, and things like that, doesn't it? I can't really give you a concrete answer because at the moment I look across our squad and even with the injuries that we've got, I think to myself, what 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 do we need? Um, and, and, it's, and, it, and it's a difficult one. Uh, it, is, it is a difficult one. With Fletcher being injured, I, I would, I would, depending on how bad of an injury that is and whether you want to look at the future as well as the, the now, there's a potential there to say, even if it's not Armstrong, there's a potential there to say we, we maybe should be looking at a striker. I think it's 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 clear that Billy Waters hasn't really got a future at, at, at Wrexham. Um, it still baffles me why why we made that signing. To be honest with you, but we did. So I, I I'd be surprised if you know if he doesn't go somewhere, whether it's either sold or on loan. Um, but yeah, of, of of all the positions at the moment, um, you know maybe may, maybe a a striker up there. But whether you've whether you'd sign a striker f- with one eye on the future in in, in the January window, I'm, I'm not so sure. But uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting if, if nothing else. Wrexham AFC Women took on local rivals Slendidno FC Women in the second round of the Butte Energy Welsh Cup. These teams have been going toe-to-toe over the last number of years, which meant the possibility of a fast-paced game and the fans weren't disappointed. Steve Dale made a few key changes to give some players starts that wouldn't normally do, Del Morgan was back in goal. Davis Sharp, Doran and Pritchard at the back, as Allen wasn't available. Dickens, Cara Jones and Gibbard were joined by Mackenzie. And Amber Lightfoot had under-21 player Eva Suckley alongside her up front. This game was hard fought, with both teams battling to try and find a winning goal. Clanino played at a level above their Adran North position, really testing Wrexham and asking some serious questions. For Wrexham, Suckley had a great chance on 19 minutes, only for it to be cleared off the line. TJ Dickens, making her 50th appearance for Wrexham, shot from distance and forced Robinson into a fantastic outstretched save to keep the score level. 24 minutes and Cara Jones forced a save from a stray back pass. With no goals appearing, Clandidno started to get into the game more and the tie became at times scrappy, going in level at the break. Clandidno were the better side after the restart, bringing the game to Wrexham. This forced Steve Dale to bring on some experience on 57 minutes as Lily Jones came on for Mackenzie and Rosie Hughes came on for Eva Suckley. 63 minutes and Llandidno had a great chance when Donahoe flashed the ball across the goal towards Maddie Williams, who beat Sharp but couldn't quite connect with the cross for what would have been a sure-fired goal. 78 minutes and Lily Whitefoot came on for Amber Lightfoot. She almost made an instant difference when, on 84 minutes, she was so close to connecting with the Cara Jones cross to score. Hughes fired over the bar and Lily Jones had her shot, saved brilliantly again by Robinson in goal. It looked like this tie was going to penalties. 95 minutes and a corner from Dickens looped high to the far post, only for Robinson to miss it and Katie Sharp to bundle in the winning goal. Wrexham won, Sunday no nil. A massive pylon in celebration ensued and the Dragons realised they'd been in a really tough game. Wrexham played out the last couple of minutes safely before the ref blew full-time and we all breathed a sigh of relief. Wrexham progressed to the quarterfinals of the Welsh Cup and Llandindo should be really proud of battling a team that should have beat them really easily. Jamie, I said it would be tight, but Wrexham had to really battle to get the late winner. Were you surprised that a team at such a lower league like Llandindo could push Wrexham so hard and yet some teams in the Premier be no real test at all for Wrexham. 
no, because there's history. There's you know there's history. Um, you know there's history between the two clubs, isn't there? And and you know as as we know, uh, you know across across any, um, you know any gender, any any league or whatever, you know cup games are levelers, aren't they? As as we saw on the men's side last last year, you know nobody would have given us a chance against the likes of Sheffield United and Coventry, and look what happened there. Um, so it, no, I, I wasn't surprised. Um, I mean, it, it, again, it, it, you, you've done you've done quite a good summary of, of the game. Um, I didn't watch the whole game, unfortunately. I was kind of only able to, to to jump in and out of it. But but from what I saw, very much, um, very much um, uh, reflects from what from what you've just said. You know, it it, it seemed to start as quite a. Um, you know, quite a tight, quite a tight game. Um, you know, there were some chances for both sides, albeit maybe not, not, not anything. Uh, you know, not anything hugely clear cut. Um, but then, you know, you know, Wrexham started to turn a screw a little bit. Um, but, but it, it was a, it, it remained a tight game all the way through without any, without you know, any real uh, dominance by either side. Um, like you say, in the second half. Um, uh, in the second half, Atlantino uh, came out um, and, and and did um, with a bit more impetus and, and did you know turn the screw a, a little bit. Um, but it, it it was it was a sparring match all the way through, wasn't it? You know, it was um, it was it was very tit for tat. Um, but I mean, what what a way to win the game! I mean, it was the most Wrexham way possible to win a game. Um, you know, last last literally one of the last kicks of the game. Uh, you, you know, bundled in. I mean, the corner made the corner made it because it was beautifully placed, floated just over the keeper's head, right into that far. You know, literally. I think if it's, I think, and I'd have to watch it back, but I think if Katie Sharp hadn't have touched it, it possibly might have gone in off the post anyway. It was curling so beautifully. It it, it was. You're right. The corner was. You know, was 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 the maker of it. I mean. That whole, uh, f- you don't see many sort of floated corners in because, you know, a lot of corners that are taken, they're, they're taken with, with, you know, with the intensity to drive, you know, drive them across the area. So it was, it was like, it was like, um, it was like all of a sudden they started playing with one of those 99p wind balls from the spa that we used to play <laughs> with them, where you, you used to kick it. As hard as you could, and it'd go, it'd go up more than it would go forward. Um, that, that, that's that's how it looked. It just seemed to float in the air. Um, but hey, look, it doesn't matter, does it? Whether it's a a, a twenty-five yard screamer or uh, you know a scramble over the line that you ended up putting in with your ass cheek, it doesn't matter. It's gone over the line and 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 at a crucial time. Um, and and the bottom line is, it's another win, isn't it? And and it continues the 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 the, the good run and the good form that the the ladies have, have shown uh, so far this season. Well, looking at it, obviously, like you say, another another win, last eight cup place. I mean, now in the left in the draw, Cascade, Aberystwyth, uh, TNS, uh, Cardiff City Women, and Pontypridd, who won seventeen nil against Aberaman ladies. I mean, again. Have we got a chance of winning this now? Do you think you'd have to say so? Yeah, um, you, you know, what? Why not? Um, we we should be as confident as 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 any team in there. Um, you know, when, if you're down to the last eight, you 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 you're close. You know, you you're within sort of touching distance of 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 getting there, aren't you? So, um, 
you know, yes, I, I, when you when you compare us to those teams that you've listed, you would absolutely give us a chance. But like I said before, in cup football, it's an absolute leveler. So no matter who you come up against, um, you know, anything can happen on a on a one off. You know, on a one off cup game, that's what makes cup football so so exciting. <laughs> Now on the Eat More Chips pod, it's time for today's newspaper, tomorrow's chip paper, where we look at the news this week around Wales and Wrexham AFC football. First up, ex-England under-21 Jada Silva has been called up to the Cymru squad before the two crucial games this week. Coventry City player De Silva has had his first call-up for Cymru, having played his youth football for England. Originally born in Luton, Jay qualifies as his grandmother was born in Pontypridd. He will add to the defence for Rob Page's side and hopefully get a chance to play. Daz, great this for the scouts, building the squad of players. It's like going back to the days where Brian Flynn would ask you, have you got any Welsh in you? Yeah, um, but we also have to ask the question, have you got any Brazilian in you as well? Because, you know, he's, he's, it's not just Welsh uh, ancestry, it's Brazilian in there. So uh, bring on the Samba boy. Let's, let's, get, let's get a party going. I, I, th- I think this is very exciting. I, I don't know much about him. I've, obviously, he's played for, uh, he's only just recently joined Coventry, hasn't he? But, uh, uh, but having come from a Chelsea background originally, uh, the, you know, he must have uh, shown great promise. It's it's interesting that 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 he went to Bristol City and then was released. I think so. It's it's not exactly clear why that that didn't work out. So, um, but you know, without seeing him, I, c- I couldn't possibly uh, comment on whether or not how he'll fit into the um, broader team at large. But I think just being part of the camp now would be really good experience. Build on that and uh, yeah, bring on those uh, Brazilian samba drums. That'll be fantastic. Wrexham's second-round FA Cup home tie versus Yeovil Town has been moved to Sunday, 3rd of December, kick-off 3.45pm, and will be live on ITV1 in the UK. With that game being moved for TV, this may now affect the last 32 tie in the Bristol Street Motors home tie, which probably would be moved to Wednesday, the 6th of December, to give enough time to rest between games. Jamie, it's all starting to stack up. It'll now be three games in seven days. At what point do you say, okay, cups are nice, but we must concentrate on the league now? Um, I, I don't, I don't think from from the way Parky seems to to approach, um, you know, the cup competitions. I don't necessarily think that um, that that he, he he has that kind of mentality to to be honest i think it's more about you, you know utilizing the, the 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 squad that we've got um you know the fa cup he's already you know we've already seen that against mansfield how seriously he wants to take that and the, the respect he's got for that competition and then the um uh, bristol street used car uh, electric car motors <laughs> cup that just rolls off the tongue um I, you know, you've, you've you've got to look at that competition, and you've got to say, we're at a point with that now where, you, you know, we 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 we've got a good chance of 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 getting to 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 the latter stages, and you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, who wouldn't want a trip to Wembley with the the the, the chance of winning a a toy cup? I mean, a cup. Um, <laughs> so. I I don't know. It's gonna. He will make a judgment call, only based on. Um, 
what's happening at, at that specific time. You know what what the injury situation is like, what the the the, the situation within the squad is like, and I think if anything is going to get sacrificed, it'll be the the Bristol Street one, won't it? But um, yeah, bring it bring it on, uh, bring it on. Although the the fact that the Oval game's being moved to the Sunday now is potentially good news to, for me because if that means the uh, if that means the, uh, the the Bristol Street one is moved, then I, m- I might be able to go to that one now. But uh, I don't know, we'll have to see. Well, Daz, with the Bristol Street Motors, uh, there are, we know four of the teams that potentially Wrexham could draw. One of them is Liverpool in the 21s. Now, that should be, if we can if we can draw those, that would be a really, really good match, I think. Yeah, we've talked about the under-21 teams. It's a, it's a very interesting sort of invitation to the competitions, isn't it, to have the youth squads come through. Um, and what kind of team do these, you know, the, do the clubs uh, put forward? Uh, I think uh, I've seen some of the uh, online games for the um, under 21s Liverpool, and and there's some serious talent. But they they are still young; they're still learning their craft. But there's some really good talented players there, so it'll be a uh, a very challenging and testing game, I think. Uh, but you've got a team there who plays together regularly, who play a competition properly uh, at a regular, uh, you know, regularly. So it should still be uh, very much uh, a game to win and and i think the, you know the youngsters got a lot to prove yet craig knight has announced a 20 player squad ahead of cymru's uefa under 17 qualifying round tournament in south wales over the next fortnight cymru are in a three team group beginning the campaign on saturday 18th of november against belgium at the cardiff international sports campus leckwith kickoff 4 p.m. followed by facing gibraltar on tuesday 21st november at dragon park newport kickoff 1 p.m. The match against Belgium will be free entry, but the match against Gibraltar will be played behind closed doors. However, both matches will be free to watch on Red Wall Plus, the FAW's streaming platform. 52 nations are involved in the qualifying round, with the top two teams in each group progressing to the elite round, along with the five third-place teams with the best records against the top two in their section. March's elite round will decide the 15 teams joining Cyprus in the finals from the 20th of May to the 5th of June 2024. Daz, this seems like a good group with Belgium and Gibraltar. Can we should have a good chance to progress, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to know uh, how this team will sort of bond together. They say they're still, you know, it, it's the young, that's the thing with these young teams, how much time they get um, to uh, to train, uh, get used to playing with each other, because there's a lot of a lot of players from Cardiff and Swansea, but then some from the Premiership teams, uh, you know, in terms of Wolves um, and and Man City. So you know, there's a real mixture. But um, no, it, it feels like a strong squad. What I do like about the games is, of course, the, um, the game against Belgium um, is actually free. Um, so if you can get yourself down to um, the uh, International Sports Campus in Leckwith and Cardiff, then it, the games will be free, uh, which is a fantastic opportunity to see the next generation. Um, regrettably, though, the game against Gibraltar seems to be played behind closed doors with only access for friends and family, which seems um, unusual. Uh, that's at Newport, isn't it? So it's just, it just feels like an odd place to play it at Dragon Park with if it meant that. But then I don't know what I don't know what they you know they the what the uh, average attendance attendance is but uh if you do put it behind closed doors then you know you've got no option but it is available online on the streaming platform for the red wall plus so there is a way to watch it so hopefully that comes across um but yeah no it's a it's a good competition to be part of um if only to get a nice little holiday to cyprus 
We love the Gambia, and Jacob Mendy has been called into the national side as they face Burundi and the Ivory Coast in their World Cup qualifying campaign. He joins James McLean, who has also been called up for the Republic of Ireland's second game next week, a friendly versus New Zealand. Jamie, Jacob missing for the next league match, but hopefully he'll be back for the Morecambe match the week after. There's also rumours that a Conquo could be changing nationalities and they could both be in the African Cup of Nations squads come January. Are you concerned that they could both be missing for a month? I am now. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks for right on my chip. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be... Yeah, that wouldn't be great for Wrexham, would it? I mean, I suppose yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you have to be, um, you have to be respectful for, to 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 the players and and you know, you know, playing for the, playing for your country, playing for a national team. It's it's you know, by some players, it'll be considered the the kind of uh, you know the, the the pinnacle of their career, won't it? So you you can't begrudge them it, but yeah, missing for a month uh, in January wouldn't be uh, wouldn't wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be great. Uh, obviously. You know, Mendy, Mendy would wouldn't be great, but losing a Concord for a month would be uh, would be a catastrophe. But um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to send back that five thousand. I love Gambia t-shirts. If that happens. <laughs> The potato peeling machine has gone into overdrive, so it must be time to open the chip shop. Daz and Jamie have pulled double shifts, which means they'll both do half as much work as they usually do. And first into the fryer tonight, it's the Armenian national side. Having previously been part of the Soviet Union, the Armenian FA was formed in 1992, after the country gained independence. They joined FIFA in the same year and UEFA in 1993. Currently ranked 95th in the world, they have never qualified for a World Cup or a European Championship. So far this year, they have won two of their eight games, including that shock 4-2 win versus Cymru in Cardiff. They've drawn two and lost four. They currently sit fourth in Group D with seven points and still have a mathematical chance of qualifying automatically as runners-up. And the chips are done. Daz, vital week this week for Cymru, starting with that trip out to Armenia. Who do you think will be the key players in this game? I think uh, the midfield again was was where we won the game against Croatia. And I'd like to think that um, we can uh, uh, get that same solidity in the mid in the midfield like we did last time between Ampadu or JJ or you know there's a couple of players that can step in but those two particularly have shown themselves to be a formidable for, you know force in the middle and then that allows the wing backs that we like to play the five at the back it allows the, the wing backs to push on forward um, and that's a handful whenever uh, the, you know uh, Nico or, or Connor are on top form so I'd, I'd like to think that if we can get that same um, uh, excellent uh, performance from those two. Uh, of course, Armenia are a physical side. They're, you know, they're, uh, there's, um, we've we've seen how how capable they are. And if they start to overrun the midfield, we just need to make sure we've got some sort of plan B. Um, but I, I, I just think those two solid, uh, not get drawn into any sort of difficult, don't give the referee any decisions to make. I think this is where we've been caught out with some red cards in the past with morale and things like that. So we just need to be solid. 
um, absolutely, you know, clear in that intentions, but, you know, really clinical in, in tackles, clinical in those passes. And I think we've got a really good chance of, you know, of, of, of putting ourselves in the position that we want to be in when we get to play Turkey. Jamie, Armenia are no mugs. Do you think Cymru will have enough to beat them in Yerevan? Yeah, I mean, Daz mentioned it when we talked about it last week, didn't we? It's a a tough ask. And and I I thought quite a lot about um, when when Daz was talking about these games last week. And um, the more I thought about it all week, the more I've I've become more nervous about this Armenia game. Um, It's it's a tough one, isn't it? It's not not an easy one. I think it's it's, um, understandable that maybe, you know, uh, certain supporters are possibly looking past it, thinking, "Oh, you know, it's a, it's an easy, it's an easy win, and it's all going to come down to to to, to Turkey." But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they, like like you said, they're a physical side, and 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 that's a great point about you know that midfield and and potentially um, you know having a plan B. It's you know very very much what we talk about with the Wrexham side, isn't it? You know, having a plan B if 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 that midfield gets packed out, because if you start getting overrunning midfield, they've already proven. You know, in this campaign, that that they've got the, uh, you know, they've got the ability to put goals past us. So, yeah, you know, I'm hoping we can just keep it, it, it keep it tight and 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 try and sneak sneak a goal. So, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce. Koch Daz, what's your prediction for Armenia versus Cymru? Right, I absolutely think we're going to get a result. I do think we're going to get the result. I think we've we've learned our lessons. We've. Uh, uh, I think we're going to be solid and I'm going to go for a Armenia nil, Wales 2. Jamie, what's your prediction for Armenia versus Cymru? Who? Um, I'm going to say uh, I agree with everything Daz has just said and I was I was torn between two predictions. I was either going to go 2-0 or 1-0 Wales. So I'm going to go with 1-0 Wales. And I'm predicting Armenia 1, Cymru 2. I think Cymru can do this. They are in a positive place following on from last month and have the majority of major players fit. It will be a scrap, but I think they'll get the result that's needed and push us on for that final game versus Turkey. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, it's Accrington Stanley. Do with A. Exactly. I knew, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I knew it. Based in Accrington in Lancashire, the original Accrington was formed in 1891, but went out of business in 1962. Reformed in 1970, they spent much of the 20th century in lower non-league, prompting that infamous advert by the Milk Marketing Board in the 80s, where Accrington Stanley is used to signify a rubbish football side that no one has ever heard of. As the 21st century dawned, and partly thanks to sell-on windfall money from the sale of fees for Brett Omerod of all people, Accrington won the Northern Premier League in 2001. In 2003, they were promoted to the conference, eventually turning professional in 2004, and in 2006, they won the National League to get promoted to the EFL. Since then, they have moved around Tiers 3 and 4, achieving some notable feats, including Tier 4 champions in 2018, National League champions 2006, and Northern Premier League champions in 2003. Last season, Accrington Standard ended four seasons in League 1 by finishing 23rd with 6 wins, 9 draws and 31 losses, a goal difference of minus 37 and 44 points, meaning relegation into League 2. 
Managed by John Coleman since 2014, this season, Accrington Stanley are currently 8th, with 8 wins, 2 draws and 7 losses, a goal difference of plus 1 and 26 points. Their last 5 league results, a 2-0 win away at Grimsby, a 1-0 win at home to MK Dons, a 4-2 win away at AFC Wimbledon, a 1-0 loss at home to Colchester and a 3-1 loss away at Crawley. Wrexham and Accrington have met 70 times, with Wrexham winning 33, drawing 11 and losing 26. Currently, Accrington and Stanley are 475-1 to to win the league outright, 14-1 to to get promoted and 66-1 to to get relegated. And the chips are done. Jamie, like Gillingham last week, Accrington have the ability to play well, but have stuttered over the last few matches. With Wrexham's confidence levels at the moment, are they a credible threat or can Wrexham just do this? No, they are. They are definitely a credible threat. They're one of those teams a little bit that, that with the greatest respect, that go a little bit under the radar. I mean, I was looking at... Um, I mean, you've, you've, you've covered a lot of the sort of uh, the, the stats around them there, but I, I was looking at some of uh, the stats, and I didn't, you know, didn't even realise until I looked at the league table that they sat just outside the playoffs. So you know, they're they're, they're no mugs. Um, you know, they've 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 got a decent, uh, you know, a decent goals for uh, tally. Um, you know, but they do also seem to sort of leak goals. You know, they've got a very, you know, more or less a zero goal difference. To be fair. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've never been to Accrington, but I, I, I gather it's, you know, quite a, a tight, hostile little place. There's obviously going to be, um, you know, a little bit of needle because it's, you know, it's not a million miles away, is it? You know, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it a derby, but it's not a million miles away. Uh, but yes, uh, 100% they're, they're a credible threat. I mean, a, 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 every team in this league is a credible threat. You know, as we saw against Sutton a few weeks ago, you know, sat, they sat rock, rock bottom of the league. Um, and yet, you know, we we took we took our time and and you know needed a bit of luck in the end to to, to get the points against them. So yeah, hundred percent, it's a credible threat. But you'd hope we can go into it with um, you know, with 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 confidence as we as we quite rightly should. You know, we we you know we we're on a is it eleven game unbeaten run? Um, since we got tonked to, to, against Stockport. Um, you know, and, and are showing good, good, good signs. You know, we we we've played some really good stuff in in recent weeks. So uh, yeah, you know, we, we we should go into it confidently, albeit it's away from home. Well, Daz, no Jacob Mendy, as we said, because he's on international duties. Mullin back now. Hayden Tunnicliffe now back playing. Do you think Parkey will put George Evans back in the defence where he's been playing for the last few matches, or leave him in midfield because he played so brilliantly there on Saturday? It's great to have the options, isn't it? It's great to have that dilemma. Uh, I think listening to you guys, I I get a sense that you value him more in the midfield. Uh, is that is that true? The way he played on Saturday, he he was he was stunning on Saturday in midfield. He was an absolute playmaker. Jamie, agree? Uh, yes, I mean, yeah, yes to both questions. He, he was great on Saturday. He was he was my man of the match, quite rightly man of the match. Um, but but although he's been very assured when he's played at the back and he, he's played a few times there for us now. He he is um he is brilliant in that defensive midfield role and that is undoubtedly his best position. Well then I think you've you know it's great to know that you can, you know, drop him back into defence when you need him, um, especially if, you know, picking up injuries that you have over the past, you know, knowing that you've got strength and depth in that way is fantastic. But if you've got somebody who's playing playing well in a position you should be sort of promoting that that 
play at you know that position all the time and and just getting the most out of clearly a, a talented player. So time for the salt vinegar and sauce Koch. Jamie, what's your prediction for Accrington Stanley versus Wrexham? You actually put a bit of a scouse twang on that when you, <laughs> you said can't that. help it. You can't you can't help you it. You can't help it. it. You have to do Absolutely. it in the milk board style. Yeah. That's <laughs> the thing. Because Ian exactly. Rush said so. Yeah. Give me some. Accrington. Um uh, give me some hey, you. Um right. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say a two nil. Wrexham win. Daz, what's your score prediction for Accrington Stanley versus Wrexham? I tried not to say it with a Liverpool accent there. Um, Accrington Stanley will score uh, one goal and Wrexham AFC will score two goals. And I'm predicting Accrington Stanley won Wrexham too. Wrexham are unstoppable at the moment and although it won't last forever, Accrington aren't the ones to stop the winning streak. Wrexham will need to be on their guard, but I can't see an upset here. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, it's Swansea City Women. Swansea City Women and Wrexham Women meet for the second time in the Gennaro Adron Premier, this time at the Swansea.com Arena. Their first encounter was an exciting 3-3 draw in the first match of the season, where Swansea had to battle to get that draw. Swansea are currently third in the league, having played seven games with five wins, one draw and one loss, a goal difference of plus seven and 13 points. Their last five league results, a 3-1 loss away at Cardiff Met, a 3-1 win at home to Pontypridd United, a 2-1 win away at TNS, a 4-0 win away at Aberystwyth Town, sorry does, and a 1-0 loss at home to Cardiff City. And the chips are done. Daz, do you think this game will be a different type of game from the 3-3 opener definitely definitely i think i think nobody knew what to expect of wrexham uh, or any any of those teams there were so many new faces in cardiff swansea and wrexham i think we all got caught out by that uh first few games the first few weeks uh as we watched the team settle uh swansea had have had a bit more of a turbulent journey than yourselves i think wrexham have been far more solid i think the uh the the humbling at Cardiff unfortunately is the only blemish really um, and that's that's probably quite a healthy uh, result to have at that part at that stage of the, the season uh, I think Swansea still feel a little bit too erratic for me but are still capable they're still good they've still got some great players um, and and when they're on form they're a really difficult team to beat so I imagine they'll be a more hesitant more respectful I think maybe cagey affair to begin with but I think as soon as the first goal goes in then I think that will just change things but I wonder if I wonder if it's going to hold out for nil nil for a, a while whilst whilst two teams spar a little bit check how how things have changed and then and then wonder what will happen if yeah once that first goal goes in i imagine it will it'll properly uh, go to the next stage then i think well jamie tough place to go swansea and obviously rosie hughes is missing this week as she's suspended do you think wrexham will miss her yeah, I, you know, it, it's a significant one, a significant one, isn't it? I mean, not not, but she, you know, she she is, um, she is unquestionably the the kind of uh, the the standout player for us. But that's not, you know, not not to be disrespectful to the other players in in, in the squad. You know, there there are plenty of others that that that, that contribute significantly. But um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's that speak for itself. So you know, a, a, any team that has a 
someone that the return she has and is not available is, is going to miss. Going to she's going to be missed. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I I think that that's what might cost us a result this weekend. To be honest. And well, there's always the Rex the Dragon suit if she can't actually make it to play on the field. Isn't it? So. <laughs> so, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce cork. Daz, what's your prediction for Swansea City FC women versus Wrexham AFC women? I am going to go for 1 1. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Swansea City FC women versus Wrexham AFC women? Um. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm going for a 2-1 Swansea win. And I'm predicting Swansea City FC women 3, Wrexham FC women 1. I think this game will be a big step up. It's a large stadium with a wide pitch, no Rosie Hughes. I think they'll struggle to score and Swansea will take full home advantage. I pray that I'm wrong. Please, God, that I'm wrong. But I just think this one will be the banana skin. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And finally, into the fryer, it's the Turkish national side. Founded in 1923, the Turkish FA have been a member of FIFA since 1923 and UEFA since 1962. In World Cup finals, they qualified for Switzerland in 1954, reaching the group stage, and in Japan-Korea in 2002, where they lost to Brazil, drew with Costa Rica, and beat China to advance to the knockout stage as group runners-up. They then beat Japan 1-0 in the last 16, Senegal 1-0 in the last 8, and lost again to Brazil 1-0 in the semi-finals. They beat the hosts of South Korea to come third in that event. In the Euros, they qualified for Euro 96 in England, reaching the group stage, Euro 2000 in Belgium and the Netherlands, reaching the quarterfinals, Euro 2016 in France, and Euro 2020 around Europe, reaching the group stages. Their best showing, however, was in Euro 2008 in Austria, Switzerland, where they lost to Portugal, beat Switzerland and the Czech Republic to go through as group runners-up. In the last eight, they drew with Croatia, but won on penalties, and lost to Germany 3-2 in the semi-finals. So far this year, they have won five, drawn one, lost two. With one game to play, they have already qualified from Group D, with five wins, one draw and one loss, a goal difference of plus seven and 16 points. They only need a draw in the final game to guarantee being group winners. Cymru obviously lost out to Turkey 2-0 in June. And the chips are done. So does. They don't get much bigger than this. This is a big game for Cymru for a long time. One of those key events where, you know, we, we just everybody gets behind the team. Do you think Turkey, having already qualified, will help us? Or will they have a point to prove and come out all guns blazing? Uh, it depends. See, nothing is based around seedings of who comes in first or second, does it? Because no. there is a mathematical version of this where they go to second and we jump them in into first. Um, and so I thought at one point they might be invested in in making sure that they did just win the group. So hopefully that that is eliminated then therefore that's not not anything to worry about they will have played a friendly against germany a, f- a, f- a couple of days beforehand that's so whilst we're playing uh armenia they've they've only got a friendly but it is against germany so they will be testing themselves against a top quality side um obviously there's a lot of history between germany and turkey and 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 how interchangeable some of their squads have been over the years um so so that'll be quite interesting to watch over the weekend when they come to face us oh you know my my 
my gut feeling is is that Turkey are the team they they they, sh- they have proven themselves to be the better team in the group so far. I think that's as simple as that. But yet they have drawn against Armenia, which has given Armenia uh, also hope. The way that we also lost to Armenia, so you know they they uh, they're not what's the word infallible in that way. Uh, but they have beaten Croatia also. They have beaten Latvia four nil recently, so really comfortable. So this is a really difficult, difficult team to play against. Um, and everything about me says that, that this is going to be a close game. It's going to, I think they're going to put some effort in. I don't think they're going to not worry about the, I, I just think a team like this just don't want to lose. I just don't think they want to be seen to be rolling over. And and I I don't think there's necessarily anything between Wales and Turkey in terms of either friendship or rivalry. I just think they're going to want to put on a good show. Our only hope is that he decides to play some youngsters, play some fringe players, play some uh, players that uh, in an attempt to see what what where his strength in his squad is. So Germany game allows him to do that and then play against a competitive Wales team um, will allow the manager to you know get a better sense. And I just think that will give us potentially the edge. But of course, our biggest uh, asset is always a home advantage. That place will be rocking. Uh, you know, when we played teams like Ukraine, uh, we, there was nervousness. There was a, a weird energy about it. It was all about getting to the World Cup, and you know. So there's, there are, there are moments where we can be nervy. But I think knowing that we've got the potential playoff as a backup, I think we can afford to go go all out, and that's got to play to our advantage. And if we get behind them, if the red wall is in top voice, I. Th- I see. I want to say, yes, we're going to do it. You know me, Mr. Positive. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, my, 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 my gut is saying something like a one all draw, but I want to be positive. I want it to be a win because I, I believe we can qualify and I've always said we can, but yeah, yeah. I, I'll probably feel different after the Armenia game, of course. <laughs> You, you can't be pessimistic now. Those 5,000 Daz's half, glass half full t shirts are probably on the water. <laughs> I'll still be positive. You know me. I will still be positive. <laughs> well, Jamie, this is probably the biggest game for Cymru in many, many years. For Cymru to win, you know, in the past, we've always, we've always looked to Bale. You know, he has been our talisman. But who's going to be Cymru's talisman come that Turkey game? Oh well, the 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 stage is there, isn't it, for somebody to you know to 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 to, to create a um, you know a legacy for themselves. Um, I mean, you know, you look at um, you know Harry Wilson's. You know, he he in the last couple of games, he he seems to have stepped up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, it, it, I don't think it matters too much, does it? Um, you know, wh- whom it is or who who potentially steps up. It's just that the team and collectively step up and, and it's all about the, the, the performance and the result, isn't it? Um, you know, we just, I just hope that, that they get the job done in Armenia. And then I think, and this is why I said before, the more I thought about it, I'm more nervous now about the Armenia game because I think, um, you, you know, if we get a positive result there, I can see, I can see us then getting a positive result against Turkey because, like Daz just said, I think the atmosphere and and and, and the 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 you know as as much as Turkey, the Turkish players will will know all about hostile environments and 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 
you know how strong the, the 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 crowd being behind them is you know n- nothing nothing can compare to to the red wall so um uh, yeah i i yeah i'm not i'm not going to call out a specific person because i think it's 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 going to be one of those um you know everybody pulling together for for the same goal so time for the salt vinegar and sauce koch does What's your score prediction for Cymru versus Turkey? I no. Okay, okay. I I think we're going to get put through the ringer, and I do think we're going to concede a goal. Um, whether it's an early goal and we battle back, or we get get all nervy and it's a oh god. I'm going two one. I'm going Wales two one. Go on, say it, say it, does, say it, does. <laughs> two one. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Cymru versus Turkey? <sighs> I was going to say two one as well. Um, it's just where's that question of whether we can uh, whether we can not concede. Um, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to stick with it because I'd written two one down. So I'm going to say two one as well. And I'm predicting Cymru two, Turkey nil. Cymru will do this. They've beaten Turkey before in big games. Being at the Cardiff City Stadium with the red wall behind them, it will spur them on to do it again. Turkey are already in Germany next year, so for them, the result isn't vital. Even though they will have a point to prove, I just think the boys in red will turn up, do the job, and we'll see you all in Germany next year for a huge Steiner beer. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And we'll be reviewing all these games in next week's pod. Like Suella Braverman this week, as we leave, we won't let the door bang our ass on the way out. You've been listening to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast for one of the greatest Welsh supporters flags in the universe. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe and leave a comment. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at Tweet More Chips, Threads, search Eat More Chips podcast, or drop us an email, eatmorechipspodcast, or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips Podcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips Podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so, and if you have anything particularly you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to drop us a line. As we all join hands and send a message into the metaverse for Daz, who actually has turned up today because th- he wasn't supposed to be here, so we need to speak really, really slowly in single syllables so we can understand what he's saying. So, thank you, Daz. Thank you, guys. I'm not entirely sure what that's got to do with me not being here or not, but I'm glad I was able to make it uh, squeezed in amongst all my very busy schedule. So, you know, you're welcome, guys. And Jamie, I'm looking forward to getting you in that Rex the Dragon suit because everybody else seems to be going in it. So thank you very much. <sighs> yeah, I think we need to close this sh- chip shop. Well, malarkey, it's, uh, it's stressing me out now. I just love watching you two agonise over trying to do scores every week. It's brilliant. I've been the meat in the footy pod out-of-date sandwich, Welsh techie. And until we meet again, it's come on Cymru and come on the town.